0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1285 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Wednesday evening into Thursday. And thank you for joining us as always on the podcast, making us your first listen each and every day. Check us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and across all podcast platforms. But with all that said, stop right now. This is part two of two with my friend and friend of the podcast, Tyler Jones. So if you missed part one, that is in your feed right now. No matter where you are listening to this podcast, you can go find part one and listen to that one first. And then uh, come back to this one right now. If you you are listening to part one, thank you for joining us on that show. And part two is right now for you. So without further delay, we'll have the intro music, and then we'll dive back in with myself and Tower Jones talking about the Hawks offseason after the post uh, sort of frenzy with the draft free agency, summer league, et cetera. A, A deep dive podcast for sure, as always, and a fun time. So stay tuned right back with Tower Jones and I. You are locked on Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Brad, people might push back on your idea that the Hawks being a play in, even though they traded two unprotected. I mean Murray, but like. I wouldn't pick understand. that right now, but it's plausible for sure. It is understand if Bogey is hurt, uh, yes. Or we get and we get the and, and and we just get okay, Hunter, not 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 bad, but just like a okay basketball player, but clearly limited in certain areas that he's shown to be. Hawks gonna be in trouble
0: and they Listen. got a lot of
1: talent, but it's all. I'm but not gonna I'm
0: not in gonna the
1: wing it's it all the all the Hawks talent is in the guard and big man positions. Wing is just this open question mark we don't know about in lost part because bogey's hurt. If bogey was healthy, I'd be comfortable right. with this team being no,
0: good. and that's and I'm I'm not saying the playing thing to scare anybody. I, I just think that people have to realize that you know last year's Hawks team was in the play in that happened, they were in the playing, they won they got out of the playing, but they were in the playing. And their point differential, their net rating, was a play-in team. They didn't get unlucky in the metrics to be a play-in team last year. That's what they were as a body of work last year. And, yeah, they had some injuries. They had the COVID time that hit hit them worse than other teams. I I will acknowledge all of that stuff. And, yeah, as we said before, they are better now on paper than they were. But as we've also said before, there's nothing gimme in the East at all. And, like, you can tell me right now – that the Hawks are not going to be in the play. And I will say, you know what? You're probably right. I'm not picking them. I'm not going to pick them to be in the play in almost no matter what happens. Unless we just find something out crazy about bogey's knee, but like there are four teams that will definitely be picked ahead of them. Barring crazy injuries. If Katie's in Brooklyn, that might be five. Maybe we'll see. And by the way, only six teams are out of, are not in the play-in. like, You can be a good team in the East, to your point earlier, you can be a pretty good team and be the seven seed. That is very possible. And yeah, the Hawks are better now than they were. Uh, We have both said that. But they also do have questions in certain places. They have the 100 thing, which we we just discussed at length. They have uh, a very, very unproven backup four in Jalen Johnson, who you and I both like. But Jalen Johnson has proven absolutely nothing in the NBA. And, Johnson, and, and by the
1: way, people, Jalen Johnson only played 12 G League games last year. And also played 120
0: minutes in the NBA. He's proven nothing. And I, 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 he might be good. I'm not saying he won't be. But you can't assume he's going to be good in the NBA. Bogey's got a knee thing that might cost him opening night by their, by the Hawks' own admission. He might not be ready for the season. And then, like, you've lost some shooting. The Kevin Herch, right, we can we can talk about now if you want to. Like, we talked about Justin Holiday earlier. Justin Holliday is a good basketball player, but they, they lose some stuff. With Kevin Herder, they are a worse shooting team now than they were before, and Murray's really good. Murray helps them a lot, but like, let's say they have an injury somewhere. Let's say Trey misses a month. Let's say something like that happens, and suddenly you're in the play-in again. I'm not. It's not a situation where you're not Milwaukee. Is all I'll say. You're, you're not the Bucks. Where the only way the Bucks are in the play-in is if Giannis gets hurt, basically. You're not that. You don't have that level of projection like you've not proven that. Yes, they made the conference finals 2 years ago. I get that. But that team was the 5 seed. <laughs> like they got hot and that they earned it on the on the floor, but that that team was the 5 seed and that team got 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 their coach fired midseason. Like and that's coach. their best team. And that's their best team. Yeah. So like I don't know. It's uh it's a really interesting time because I feel like I'm I I know some of the responses to this podcast are going to be like why are we so negative? And I'm not being negative. In fact, I can tell you right now, after talking to a lot of people in Vegas, I am higher on the Hawks than the league is. There's still people in the league, league. that are like, how good are to the Hawks right now." And I, I, you know, that's the question that people
1: are asking. At the and, that's, and like, I understand why people are low low because I'm 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 high on like I'm always going to be high on the Hawks. Like, come on. Well, they they,
0: they, they they still have John Collins on the team, so you're definitely in on. Woo! Still have him? He's still there. Congratulations he, on that, he, by
1: the he way. Beat the trade allegations. Well, so uh, far,
0: so far, July 20th, knock on wood. It's not over yet.
1: But but um, yeah, the Herder loss, like beyond just the shooting, you also lost consistency. And that's, I mean, that's just something that is hard to replicate. is just consistently good wing play. Like he also was number two on number two of the
0: team in, in in total minutes last year behind only Trey. Kevin
1: You lose him. that, you gained the Deion- DeJounte Murray, which again, clear upgrade. But it didn't it didn't have to be at the expense of Kevin Herter or Bob Don Bog- well, Bog- well, you know. know, you you know as well as I did why he they did that trade. It didn't have to be the at the expense. They it's funny, Brad. I don't know if you remember the pod we did before, but I talked we talked about how they needed to use Gallo's contract to improve the roster. Because I did. felt like that was the clear way. That was the clear way. Not trading John Collins. But, but of course, they did that. Like, They did that. But then yeah. they ended up trading Herder anyway. And it's like, okay, so. To save money. To, so, and let's, and let's I, just say what
0: it was. They, they, they traded Kevin Herder to save money. And they and got. Like, they're
1: going to be like, well, Herder's going to be in a lesser world. I'm like, man, look, you could have played Herder, Trey, and DeJounte and been good. Like understand that you're taking a risk. This is a risky proposition. They're, Travis Slank is putting all his chips in the DeAndre Hunter uh pile right now. Like that's just that's just what he's done.
0: It's well, shocking. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of that. And there, there's also um whether this is justified or not, I think that because Herter was locked up long term, they were looking at the future money and realizing they had so many guys under contract from so many years. And they probably didn't want to keep both bogey and, and herder. And that's not that's not a crazy thought. I'll say that right now. Just just thinking that that, you know what, we probably don't want to have Murray, Bogey, and Herder all making real money on the roster. That's not a crazy thought. The thing is, Bogey right now is a bigger question mark than people are realizing because he again may not be ready for the season to start. That is a reality with the knee. And also, you didn't have to trade Herder. To save money, like they traded. I, I I totally get thinking that they didn't need to move one of those guys, but the deal they took, yes, it brought you a guy who I think is a quality a quality player, Justin Holiday, but that trade makes you worse on the court. They didn't have to do that. Was, would, would be my well, the way that I would frame it. That's yeah, you, you, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like you yeah. didn't you 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 downgraded clearly. Your talent, your talent, your talent got worse. And like you, you could you could argue that Holiday might even be as good of a fit in terms of what you needed assuming bogey is there and that's again that's a big assumption but if you assume bogey is healthy you could argue that they probably had a bigger quote-unquote need for a a little bit better of a defender more of a three in someone like holiday than herder that's a stretch to me but you could you could at least argue it the thing is holiday is uh 10 years older and signed for one season for cheap and Really, the way to justify that deal from a value perspective is the pick coming back. It's not the on-court value. If uh, I saw someone argue this the other day, and I just wanted to yell, I just wanted to re- reply to them so bad, and I didn't do it. But they were like, "Well, wait, how much how much worse is Justin Holiday than Kevin Herter?" And my, I'm not saying that Holiday is a, I mean, Holiday is a good player. I like Holiday, but if you think that Holiday and Herter are the same, why did the Kings trade a first round pick in that trade? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like, like the the Hawks did that trade to get a cheaper, b to get a, to, to hopefully get a pick back, and c because Holiday can play. That is part of the deal. They got a they got a real NBA wing back in Justin Holiday, but he's not as good. As, he's not as good as Kevin Herter.
1: Kevin, Kevin Herter can play forty minutes in a playoff game. Justin Holiday cannot. He just can't.
0: Not, I mean, Kevin Kevin Herter is literally number two on the Atlanta Hawks in total minutes the last two seasons, behind only Trey Young. Like. This is a guy who played a lot of minutes and was good. I know there's there are people out there that think Herter is a terrible defender I and mean, then he stinks, he's just a shooter, whatever it is. Kevin Herter is an NBA-quality Like You can debate degrees on that, but you traded a guy who is still right now 23 years old on a pretty good contract to save money. That's what happened. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar from the same folks that invented Healthy and Tasty Cup's latest gift to your taste buds. You probably already tried the amazing Coconut Brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given you Coconut Brownie chunk Bars and the Puffs treatment as well. That's right, Coconut Brownie chunk Built Bar flavor is the one that you love. And now they have the deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate as well. It's like a, a of cloud of Coconut Brownie goodness. Stop drooling now and listen. They're actually good for you as well. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious coconut brine chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to built.com right now to make sure that you don't miss out because they're going fast. They taste amazing and they're good for you. They have collagen protein, which your body helps to absorb more efficiently, and they have a ton of health benefits across the board. Eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. Built Bar also has a bevy of additional products. So you can find them all in one place at built.com with a special promo code from us. When you get to built.com, use the promo code locked on, 15% off on your order. That's promo code locked on, 15% off. Yes, one 5% off your order at built bar one more time last time keep it close here
1: promo code locked on 15% off at built.com it's frustrating because like but at the same time i do like some of the smaller moves they's made i know we're apparently we're just going to avoid murray to the very end of this podcast but like we'll do, we'll do it last do, sorry that's my i part. do like i do like the small moves like getting aaron holiday i i think there's some real upside with him as a third guard, he's not a point guard, but like, just as a yes. point of attack defender, and a guy who can make open three pointers, and also uh, Frank Kaminsky, solid. What fifth big, fourth big, whatever. Those whatever those, those
0: moves for the minimum. Uh, when you realize what the Hawks were dealing with, yeah, luxury tax wise, those moves were always going. They were always going to sign a point guard size player and a center size player for the minimum. And for one year, and if you look at it that way, you probably weren't going to do much better than, than Aaron Holiday and Frank Kaminsky. Like,
1: those are totally fine signings. Like, those, for me, I'll pretty Trey, good signings. I'll say is I, I, I still think there's some upside with Aaron Holiday where he can be more than just a minimum basketball player. Um, yeah, I think that him playing with him playing with Murray in particular Murray. could be interesting.
0: And, and, him and Trey. Him and Trey he, yeah, him and Trey is okay. They're, they're just so small. I know Holiday – plays bigger defensively. I, I will give him that, but they're just, they'd be, they're just so small. Agreed. Like that's Agreed. just so
1: small. But I'd rather that than Trey Lou. <laughs> which.
0: Well, that's hopefully never going to happen again. I hope Lou plays if he wants to play somewhere. I just don't think it's going to be Atlanta, obviously. But no, I, I think that, uh, and listen, Holiday, I agree with you. He's not He's not a point guard. I know that our friend Glenn Willis said the same thing. I agree with you. Um, and that's, for me, hopefully a sign that, that Nate is going to stagger Trey and Dejounte, because it's so obviously what they should be doing. I I pray to the Lord that they stagger those guys because it just has to be what they do. Because I, you don't I want hope, Aaron Holiday
1: running I, your offense. I I hope they don't. They just have Aaron out there. And oh Lord, <laughs> Man, Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday. I can already oh. see, yeah,
0: opening night. They're gonna take. They're gonna take Trey and Dejounte out at the same time in the first quarter, and I'm just my my head's gonna explode. And it's going to be, it's going to be a lineup with just no creation at all. It's going to be, yeah. Aaron holiday, Justin holiday, uh, you know, AJ Griffin and uh, whoever else. No, it's, I don't know. We'll see. But I think that that, I I do think that in addition to being a good minimum signing, Aaron holiday is hopefully a signal that, all right, we're going to play DeJounte as a backup point guard. And that's what we should do. And that's what they should do. I mean, that's very logically what they should do, especially when you factor in that like Trey and DeJounte aren't like a perfect, perfect fit together. You might you might want to give Dejounte 10, 12 minutes a night where he where, he, where it's, his, it's his show and he's back in San Antonio again just cooking. That's probably a good a good way to bridge that gap for him to like give him some numbers and all that stuff too.
1: Yeah, and um, just to really talk about Murray the player. Yeah, let's do that. <sighs> he's really good. Yes, I I don't know if he's the All Star caliber basketball player that. Good friend of the pod and good friend of both of us. Andrew Kelly uh, thinks he is. I don't know if he's that <laughs> left level player. Well, but it's interesting because like he he was
0: an all star last year. He made the all star team. That happened. That's true.
1: Yeah, and he had good numbers. Um, and I think my thing is, I think in it playing alongside Trey should boost his efficiency. I I think there's yeah. a real case where something similar to what happened to Drew Holiday when he went to the Bucks. Because Drew wasn't really a high-efficient player until he played in Bud's system. Played And he still isn't a
0: great efficiency guy, but yeah, I I agree. I mean, and the one thing about Murray – I mean, we all know that he's not a great shooter at this point, but the one thing that I was encouraged by in San Antonio last year was his assist rate, like, really, really popped. Like, he's become a much, much, much better passer, and that will really help, I think, not only when Trey's on the court, but also when Trey is off the court. For, like – I feel pretty good about just letting Murray run – Whatever they want to run with Trey yeah. off the floor, and also, you know, yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, I made that point, and someone thought I was picking on Murray, and I, and I wasn't. It was more like, I don't think he's an all star in capital letters.
1: I know the right team last year. Like, let me. I don't think he's that player right now. But there, there's no there, The talent is there to be that player. I'll say that. I think yeah, I think and he's those, still 25. Like talent. he's still young, and yeah, and the production and and like, to me, the trades was the Hawks betting on Murray becoming that all-star player because he does have the talent to do that. And I think, and I think he can get there, but it's going to take an adjustment um, for him to be that type of player. There's going to be an adjustment period for both him and Trey. Um, That's going to be, that's going to be the, that's really going to be the pressure point on offense defensively. I mean, he's incredible. Like I, (laughs) like, He's good. Put all that side, he probably should be considered a perennial all-star caliber player based on his defense. Because- yeah.
0: I, I talked to, um, in fact, I'm going to, that's going to come out at some point in the near future. I talked to a, a Spurs, uh, a guy who's covered him quite a bit in San Antonio. And like, there is a school, I, I won't claim to know, but there's a school of thought that he's gotten, he's gotten a little bit, uh, a little bit worse defensively as he's scaled his offense, which just kind of happens to everybody. Like, Basically, it's really, really hard to be the number one option and still be incredible on defense. I, I know I know, he led, led the league in steals last year. I think um, there is a little bit of a, like, I'm not sure he's still quite the same defender he was when he was all defense as a second-year guy. But, like, the theory on that, too, just like you said before with his efficiency boosting alongside Trey, you would hope that when he's not having to carry the load offensively, you can use a little bit more energy on defense to kind of get back to that spot because like the, his hands are really, really good. He's really active. He's really long for a point guard. Like I know he's small for a two, which is what he's been playing a lot with the Hawks, but like for a point guard, he's six, four and rangy and active. And like, he's a really, really intuitive guy too. Like I, the defense is going to be good at minimum. I think he might still be awesome defensively. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but he's good. Like no question about that.
1: I think he gets back to the uh, perennial all defense caliber. Again in Atlanta, I think the talent. Like to me, just on the, the the small stuff that I've seen, the talent is still clearly there. Like, oh yeah, I know he he's he's come back from the knee injury, and I think he's come back pretty strong on that front. And so, like defensively, he's going to help a lot just purely on getting consistent deflections and steals, and being a guy. Offensive <laughs> players are scared to dribble against,
0: which we haven't. I mean, we, we talked about this a lot. You and I talked about this on um, every episode, probably for two years. The Hawks have had just no one that has done that for the longest. I mean, DeLon Wright was the only guy that was even kind of like that because for, for as good as Hunter is defensively at times, for as good as they've had other guys, they've not had a playmaker defensively outside of a little bit of a flash from Reddish every once in a while. They've had no playmaking defensively. Even Capella, who is really, really good, obviously, is not like a playmaker defensively. He's just, a, yeah. he's just so good at everything
1: Collins and Capella are preventive guys. Like that's yes. just – and that's their role on the team is to – They're not, steals, def- they're they're not no steals, deflections guys. They're not like, aggressive attackers, instinctual, instinctual, you know, defensive yeah. talents. The way and, he and, neither,
0: and, he, and neither is Hunter. And that's not yeah. a, a knock on Hunter. Hunter. Hunter was never going to be that in college. Even That was actually one of the questions about him coming out was like he never got steals and blocks in college. And part of that was Virginia. But, like, they don't have anybody that does that. I mean – Holiday is the same thing. Like, he's a good defender. He's not a playmaker defensively. And now they don't have DeLon anymore. So, like, Murray is the only guy on the team that is really
1: going to be a steals guy. Like, that. And what and what Murray's also going to do, Brad, is he's going to have the ability to grab and go, where he oh, yeah. grabs the defensive rebound and pushes the pace and gets these guys moving in the, and getting the Hawks to be a, a much more efficient team in the fast break. So that it's an option for them, instead of having to do everything in the half court, just making making the game easier by getting deflections, getting steals, getting rebound, getting contested hard, like tough rebounds over guys because he has the length and athleticism and the timing to do that. And also, he's going to allow this team to do more stuff defensively. Like you can, you can do, you can actually switch when Trey Young, especially when Trey Young's off the ball. You can switch more with this team. You can oh definitely hard traps, you can be aggressive, you can be aggressive in the way you attack offensive. As this a is uh
0: there's a lineup that if you wanted to picture it, if you are a big switch advocate, um, if you take Trey off in, in particular and go with a second unit kind of approach, if you throw out something like Murray, Holiday, Hunter, Collins Kongwu, and switched, that's pretty scary defensively.
1: Like and we, we've a, never, and we've never in the, the Schlank era been like, oh, we got some scary lineups that teams don't want to dribble against so, on defense. No,
0: that's that's that'd be the first. I mean, there were some lineups that you could have maybe formed at times last year with the lawn, but you didn't have the wings to do it. Like now, you know, Murray and Holl- even Holiday is more of a more of a playmaker defensively than like your herder types would be. Um, and Bogey's not a great defender, obviously at this point in time. You know, he's kind of big and physical, but like. Yeah, especially with a if you want to unlock a Congu, which they keep saying they want to do, that's one way to do that too. Because it's not all about switching; like he can play drop as well. But um, yeah, this is the first time like you can really envision that like as a second quarter, let's just unleash some weirdness kind of lineup defensively, and that might just suffocate some teams.
1: Like and then you pair you pair Dejounte Murray with Collins or and a Congu on offense to you know open up his driving lanes. Well, a, yeah, they, they
0: finally know. have they finally have forty eight minutes of uh real real I, don't know, I almost said pick and roll like real shot creation at the point of attack yeah. like if you wanted to have 48 minutes and that's what they should do that's what they should aim to do is have 48 minutes of either trade or jante murray and like that's a heck of a luxury even if you're low on murray which i'm we're not but even if you were low on murray if he's your second creator and like your quote-unquote backup point guard on those units Like that's, that's incredible. Nobody, nobody else has that. Like no, nobody's nobody else in the league. I'm not even, I'm not saying this to be hyperbolic. People that listen to this podcast know that I'm not going crazy. Nobody in the league, no team in the league has 48 minutes of number one shot creation as good as Young and Murray. If they do that,
1: nobody, nobody in the league has that. At the same time for them to be title contenders, because this is what that, this type of trade is like, this is a, we think, he can be a piece to help us win a title. Yeah. He's got to be better off the ball. And Trey has to be a lot better off the ball. I know, Definitely. I know Trey's catch and shoot numbers are outstanding, but it cannot be your turn, my turn, Like There's just a ceiling to that. There there, there will be some of that inevitably, but I agree. But I, need, I agree. They, with need you. Find, they need to find a rhythm they yes. need to find a rhythm where they're playing together and their strengths are complementing each other. And they have it. The, they have the baseline talent. The good thing is they have the baseline talent to do this. This is not a. This is not something like LeBron James or Russell Westbrook, right? <laughs> no, this is it's not that. This is not even no. like this. On is like they have complementary skills. The issue is they've not. They've not really shown that, particularly both. both Well, yeah, neither neither of them, neither of them have. DeJounte, you will see clips, DeJounte give the ball up, cut to the rim, get the ball back, make the layup. Like we've seen DeJounte does that a lot. Like he does that with his bigs. So I'm kind of excited to see him, you know, incorporate that, you know, more into this Hawks office, that that fluidity that's been lacking instead of just pure 1-5, 1-4 pick and roll, which is what the Hawks are great at. But you need – this team has decided they need it more – and so if you're gonna get Murray, you need to be more driving kick, multiple guys setting screens, Trey Young setting screens, flaring out for he, DeJounte Murray and He's gotta got
0: move too. Yeah, right,
1: Trae, he's gotta got move with the intent to score, Brad. Not yeah. just not just be like half-hazard. He it's gotta be full speed. I'm setting the screen, I'm sprinting to the corner, I'm forcing the defense to pay attention to me. So, also, that Murray can get an a easy uh, attempt at the layup. I'm yeah. not. I, I have to. I have to. I have to go with the intent of getting the ball, knowing that I'm probably not going to get it. Like he's got to do that. He hasn't done that in his career. We can argue that he hasn't had the talent to do that. He like, hasn't that. Yeah. No. That's that's true. It's just something like when, when when the when the if Murray grabs the rebound, if somebody grabs a rebound. And they kick the or somebody grabs the rebound. They kick the Murray instead of Trey. Trey's got to sprint down the he's court. He's got to run. Yeah, he's got to run. He it can't be. Oh, I'm waiting for my turn to get the ball. He's got to run to the three well, and, point line. And, and the hope the hope would be
0: that he he who apparently openly recruited Murray and wanted him trusts Murray enough to where for the first time in his career he'll be willing to do it. And that's that's a habit building thing too because listen it's not that Trey doesn't want to do that he's not had he's not had to do that he's not had, that habit's not built for him he's got to figure that out and, and that might be tough but it, it'll probably take a little while but he's that's that's part of that and on the other side when Murray has the ball I mean sorry when Trey has the ball, ball, ball yeah. Murray's got to figure out what to do because yeah he. He's played with some guys in his career where he's been the two, like especially early in his career. He played a lot more, a lot more off the ball, but that was a different player than Murray is now. Last year's breakout Murray season was him being the guy. Like he had the ball in his hands all the time. He had 20% usage, all that stuff. And now he's got to remember like, okay, I got to figure out what I'm going to do because Murray isn't a good enough. He's not a good enough shooter to just be a spot up guy.
1: Exactly. It'd be,
0: it'd be different if he was, they could just do a lot of a lot more of the same Hawk stuff. But Murray isn't that kind of shooter, and I'm, I think he might improve as a shooter. Um, he's taken more threes the last couple of years. The results have been a little bit mixed, but at this moment in time, I think they know. But I would hope he knows. Somebody knows that he's not. He's not a good enough shooter to spot him up. Trey can just spot up. Like he's it's not, to, he's gonna, DeJons- it's not he's that, that easy. To the
1: but yeah. Wayne Wade package of ghost cutting.
0: Yeah, there's got to be – I, I, I would hope they're already figuring this out. I'm, yeah. sure, you know, Nate, Nate said he flew to Oklahoma City to, mo- to meet with Trey about him moving off the ball. I, I hope that they have thought about this stuff already, and they will be the next two months before training camp starts and all that stuff. But, like, Trey has the easier job of the two, you would say, because Trey is already an awesome shooter. So even if Trey does not have the same habits as an off-ball player, Trey's standing at, th- at the three-point line has gravity trey could be tony snell and just stand there and they're gonna guard him shoulder to shoulder because he's trey young murray but- doesn't have that doesn't have that gravity so murray has I for me murray has the harder job of the two because he's the ones coming in and playing with a guy who's better than him trey is better than him for the first time for the first time in his modern career he's playing with a guy where he's not the best player on the team anymore and trey because honestly here's what, here's one thing. I don't want the Hawks to not run enough pick and roll for Trey still. exactly. That's the thing about like at times last year or maybe even the year before, it's like, they're not running enough pick and roll for Trey. That's how good Trey is. And now you have a guy on the team in Murray where it might be tempting to run even less pick and roll. And I would say, look, you still need to make sure that Trey young is running pick and roll because Trey young is one of the three best pick and roll players on the planet. Like, you, you, you need to run, pick, and roll with Trey Young. He needs to run, pick, and roll, like, and have spacing around him. So that's that's part of the
1: balance of this thing, too. Yeah. And, like, it's the evolution of Trey's game to me. Like, if, if Trey wants to be considered one of the best, not, I mean, instead of being considered one of the, what, 15, 20 best players in the NBA, he wants to be considered one of the five best players in the NBA. He's got to be better off the ball. And he also has yeah. to be much better defensively. <laughs> yes, and this, and this is something. This, this is something I hope Dejounte Murray does. Because I mean, there's a ceiling to how good Trey Young can be defensively. Yes. At the same time, but it's higher than this where he's been right now. It's higher it's than, it's higher higher than what he's been. And yes. two, I the thing I really like about this Murray thing, I don't think Murray's the type of guy to watch Trey Young not give effort and just not say anything about it. I
0: think he's competitive. Yeah, I mean, he's I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't like, know him I, yet,
1: but I, yeah. From from what I've seen from him, and from what you know, you hear about people talk about him. This dude wants to win. No, I,
0: I, I will certainly. Uh, again, I'm not. This is not reporting anything, but I, I, I've intentionally tried to talk to people that have covered the Spurs and have, have been closer to him than I have in the last months or a couple like three weeks now since this trades actually happened. And that is something that you definitely hear is that he, he likes, he wants to win. He's not someone who's who, and that's part of why I think he wanted to pay, help pave the way out of San Antonio. I mean, that was one of those things where like, he kind of casually said that, um, yeah. that they were kind of working together to move him out of there. Cause they were going to end the rebuild mode, but like he didn't have any interest in sticking around and not winning in San Antonio. Like he wanted to get to somewhere and when, you know, most guys want to win, but it does seem like he is a, a, a higher tier competitor like this is not going to come in and just like be casually and cool with it.
1: And here's my thing, Brad. Trey Young's going to have to be better at taking criticism from his teammates. That's not just Bogey criticizing him offensively to do different things. Like take <laughs> from Bogey. Anybody else? Apparently, I mean, we saw the was it the Cleveland game where he completely shut down again after like was it John Collins who was like, "Hey, we we got to move the ball more." And then the next game, Trey Young just comes out here and just doesn't attempt a shot, like he's going to yeah. Trey still had
0: a few of those. Yeah, he's still he still had a, a few too many of those for, uh, for where he is. I mean, listen, he's still really a really young player, but there there have been I can That's think great, of four or five, four or five games now where he where he's kind of had that full on shutdown mode. You can't you can't do that. Um, Brad, here's the thing.
1: He pushed for this. Oh, yeah. Right this, he, knows, he put he knows all it. the pressure. He put the chips on the line and be like, hey, I want – I dragged I this, drag this team to the play-in. We shouldn't have been – we shouldn't even been in the play-in. That's how bad we were playing. And then I just – I was like, you know what? I'm going to drag this team to the playoffs. And he did that. And he deserves all the credit in the world for it. He oh, yeah. goes up. From all accounts, he, the owner, whoever – Put pressure on this team to, hey, we have to get much better. Murray's available. I'm talking to Murray right now. He's available. He wants, like, we got to make this happen. It's on, right. like, I know Murray has to do better off the ball, All that good, but it's on Trey to make it so that it's not just, oh, we're just, we're a 48-win basketball team. No. It, it's it, it, on it's- Trey to push this team to, to the 55-plus win rate. Like well, and, they, and he also knows it's yeah, on him. He,
0: he also knows that he'll be judged by it, and that's the thing. Like, Trey has known for a long time he was going to be a star as the mindset he's had his entire career going back to AU, college, etc. Like, he talks about it, Like, and he knows at the end of the day, like, yeah, stars get a pass sometimes, but he, eventually, got a, he got a
1: pass, Brad. He got a pass for this playoff series, and I think.
0: I, which, I honestly, people. I'm not,
1: I'm not sure he even,
0: I, I, th- I thought he was terrible in the playoff series. Like almost like, I mean, he should, I agree. Actually, he should have gotten more heat in the playoffs. He should have gotten
1: different. a lot more. Heat. You, you, <laughs> he saw, you heard a little bit of like, can he be the number one guy? But everybody was like, uh, the team was hurt and all that good Well, stuff. from the year he before
0: was- too. And he, he it- gets the credit from the year before, which he earned. He was exactly. fantastic in the playoffs. Exactly. Fantastic. The problem is now he knows that if they keep, if, if they're the six seed seven seed for a couple more seasons he'll start getting blamed for it, whether he earns that blame or not. So, and he knows it, I think. So, like, not only do they w- – obviously he wants to win, but, like, yeah, realistically – and we said this is not a secret. Everyone knows this, that's the Hawks' observer. They were never going to be a perennial contender without another guy. And Murray's the guy that they had access to and the guy that Trey apparently wanted. So, like, those two things, last, the way last year went, et cetera – like it, it worked out for them. And Murray famously checks the boxes that they wanted, like pretty hilariously. Like all stuff that they were saying about what they wanted was another 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 ball uh, uh, on ball defender and secondary creator. It's like, all right, well, here's the John Murray. Yeah, <laughs> that works. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh, he's he'll have pressure. They all had pressure. This is the thing for a team that wasn't the plan last year. They have more pressure than a typical team that was in the plan between ownership. I mean, it's not a secret. I'm sure you noticed this too. National writers are mentioning it. Just kind of been passing, like, ownership pressure. It's been out there. Like, I've said it a lot on the podcast, but, like, when Zach Lowe just, like, casually drops it in, like, oh, by the way, pressure from ownership. It's like, yeah, that's – Wrestler wants to win. They set it on the record. Nate's going to have some pressure if they don't win this year. Uh, They've had a lot of money spent. Like, this is a team that has more pressure than your your traditional seven seed coming back. Like, they – They got a lot of guys who are uh, getting paid, and uh, we'll see. So they all know it's 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 winning time. They they got to go out and win, or there's going to be more changes. That's just the reality.
1: Yeah, and uh, it'll be like hopefully, and again, I'm optimistic overall. Just like the end, this I'm optimistic that they're going to be really good. Um, Yeah, I think I think this is a nice blend of talent. The it's just DeAndre Hunter scares me, and he should scare. Like if you're a Hawks fan, like at the ultimately, you want to see the best team possible. But it just scares me how bad he was last year. And similar, similar to what people are saying about Street Cooper's performance in summer league. <sighs> what he was terrible, and and I, you know West brought it up. It was like. Yeah, the thumb might have been bothering, but, like, that doesn't explain everything. It doesn't. Nope. And, like, Hunter's various injuries that he had. Might have been a factor. He wasn't, he, he wasn't able to do what he needed to do in the offseason to get his body right. That's that's fair. But he was really bad, and he can't be this bad next year. Because the Hawks shouldn't be a playing team. They really – the talent on this roster – Stacks up with any team in the NBA. And furthermore, there aren't dominant. The, the Warriors just won a chip, and they had the 17th-ranked offense in the NBA. Well, That was the
0: same, the same thing we said last, and that's why it was so frustrating last year, is that we knew that they were better than – they should have been better than they were. And that's always, that's always – no matter where you are in your cycle, when you have a season where you underperform as a team, your talent level – no one's going to be happy with that. I mean, that's the, I think that was very evident. And I tried to share as many of those as as those clips and things as possible from Tony to Travis, to Nate, like, no one was happy. And that's what happened when you underachieve, no one's happy. And that's why they had pressure. And that's why I said a million times in May and June, that they were not going to run it back. They were changing something. And obviously they made a pretty big change.
1: And with, they with And at the same time they weirdly ran it back so it's
0: well that well that's well that's the thing uh part of the challenge we, we, i promise we'll end this part of the challenge with very openly trying to not spend a ton of money and not be in the tax is that you it's harder to make the changes they they made about as big of a move as they possibly could have made while still not adding salary and that's that's where they sort of figured it out because they they bring in Murray, who is, by the way, really cheap for two years. And then you flip Herder for less money. You don't use your MLE. Like, you kind of just, like, you know, you did the triage stuff around the margins. And uh, I know we mentioned him in passing. They're going to miss Gallo shooting. Obviously, you do the deal 100 times out of 100 to trade Murray for uh, Gallinari. But they're going to miss Gallo shooting. They are. I'm just telling you. They're going to miss it.
1: Oh man!
0: Def- defensively, they won't miss him. I promise you that. They're not gonna <laughs> miss
1: him, but yeah. no, they won't. They're, they're gonna miss you the I'll, Maybe I'll end this. We'll end this here. There is a there is a shooting power forward available for the minimum for the veteran minimum right now. Wait, who is it? Oh no, Carmelo. <laughs> oh,
0: honestly, honestly, he was.
1: His, I mean, for the role that the Hawks need. Okay,
0: okay, I'll say. Oh, oh wow, that wow, I, I was not ready for this conversation. Uh, I will say this: the problem with that, if you want to say, besides this defense, his defense, is his. He's a terrible defender. But besides that, is that you know as well as I do, if they sign Melo, Jalen Johnson would never play. Whew.
1: They, they can't do it. Sorry, sorry, Melo. I'm trying to get you a job. You, you know I'm All right it. though. You know I'm right because oh, if, you sign, oh, yeah. if you sign if you sign Mello, you're,
0: you're, if you sign Mello, oh, yeah. if Mello signs, Mello's, Mello's going to play.
1: Oh boy, like,
0: <laughs> and that means Jalen's you, not going
1: to play. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad, for bringing that up. Yeah, uh, Schlank. If- I'm just saying. Oh,
0: Mello. Actually, I swear, Mello. Mello would be. Um, this is going to sound hilarious. Mello and Gallo are pretty comparable players. Like in I'm, terms of what that, they what they do well now. Now, current current versions of both those guys are pretty similar,
1: actually. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's the point. Like, they want to replace Gallo; they can do it fairly cheaply. A, 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 a big, do. a big, a big forward who shoots who shoots over who shoots over
0: over everyone and can't and can't move or guard he anybody.
1: move or guard anybody. Sounds
0: right. about right to me. No, uh, that's hilarious. But no, I I, not, I have not thought about mellow. I will say that'd be that'd be a pretty funny move, um, if they were to do the Moharkless – salary dump to get out of the tax, and then they used uh, that
1: roster spot on Melo would be uh Could be mild. a possibility. I mean, this there's some small pressure on Jalen Johnson. You know, we, we got to end it here because I got to go. But uh, there's some Me small – Me too. Some small pressure on Jalen Johnson to produce as well because like
0: – Oh, yeah. No. We'll, we'll they, spend time – you and I will talk about him and A.J. Griffin stuff in the future. But uh, Jalen's got to prove that he's an NBA player. He's not proven that yet. I think he is. You think he is, but he's not. He's got to prove it to Nate, if nothing else, that he's ready. That he's ready to go. Because I think they're still playing on him being John's backup, which is a real yeah. role. That that's that's a that's a, a fifteen-minute-a-game role. That's a real role.
1: So yep. we'll see. So we'll, we'll yeah we'll see. So uh, yeah, no nah, man, it, it, it right. should be a fun season. But it should be fun. No, I think. Uh,
0: you and I get into the nuance and um, I, I, uh, I'm i sure I'll be painted as being super negative on this podcast, but I'm really not. I think that uh, I'm going to have them probably in that like five, six spot in the East, which will be higher than some have them. I can almost assure you of that, but we'll see. L- long way to go between now and the start of the season. Um, as we always do before you get out of here, uh, any, uh, any, 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 re- any, any recs,
1: anything you want to share um, with people yeah. that they should be watching? Uh, the recommendations is, I'm currently playing this game called AI Somnium Files. Uh, sure you are. And I'm playing this I'm currently playing the sequel Nirvana Initiative. It's a visual novel, but there are some gameplay elements. If you know what a visual novel is, it's it's what the title is. It's a it's a it's a book with like moving parts. So, uh and like it's animated. And uh it's fun. It's a fun little it's fun mystery uh series that I'm I'm really uh, digging. I've been spending like Thirty plus hours in, into both games, so I'm having fun. But other than that, I'm just trying to survive this heat, Brad. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> it is, uh,
0: I was uh, I was of course in Vegas for two weeks, and uh, it was not cold there. I'm also going to Texas on Sunday, where it's even hotter Woo. than it is here. So uh, it's been a rough one for me too. I'm I'm, I'm with you 100. percent But um, no, we're we're navigating. It's the world, and uh, we've officially reached the dead period of the off season. So we have like. Barring a Kevin Durant massive shakeup, it's probably going to be like two months of not a whole lot going on. So we'll talk again, I'm sure, about all the stuff we didn't get to today. Uh, Tyrese Martin, uh, Tyrese. A.J. Griffin, Sharif Cooper. Uh, what else? John, more John Collins talk as he returns to Atlanta. We're back. Your guy I literally never left,
1: but uh, it's like it, it's like a it literally never left indeed. Uh, it's not it's but- almost like you cannot you cannot generate like a market for a player. Like John,
0: John Collins has reached the Josh Smith zone uh, of being in rumors for three straight years and never being traded. Unfortunately. Uh, along, along with Miles Turner, who uh, I, I made the joke the other day, and I'll, I, I swear to God I'll sign this off, that uh, John Collins and Miles Turner should go to Seattle and form a new franchise <laughs> since they'd uh, they, 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 they be great together, too. Those guys uh, just ironically just fit perfectly together, and they're always in rumors and never get traded. So. All right, Tyler. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, as always, my friend, people should be following you if you allow them to at
1: Jonesy2x4 on the Twitter machine. And I'll try to get to them eventually. <laughs> <Make no
0: problem. laughs> you got, you got, too, you got too many requests coming in. All right. As for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, check out Tyler's work. Thank you again to Tyler for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I think this will be the last set of shows for this week, but if anything happens as always, we'll come back and uh, the best way to find the podcast is to subscribe. And uh, with all that, we'll see you all next time.